Hello, podcast listeners. You know, this episode in particular was kind of annoying when trying to make currently because it seems like Wall Street is taking a step back on reporting certain items that's happening. But at the same time, maybe there's just that not that much to report currently right now because a lot of the articles that were being talked about were mostly about how former President Donald Trump's uh, house was raided by FBI agents in Florida. And so finding things to talk about was a little bit difficult, but I happened to manage to find some things that I found interesting to talk about, even if it is some past news that has happened, okay? And some current events as well. First off, we're going to talk a little bit, and it won't take that long to talk about it, but we'll talk today a little bit about how Elon Musk sells 7.92 million Tesla shares. That's worth $6.88 billion, okay? Coinbase released their earnings too, and it's very interesting to see what these results look like. And Roblox also released their earnings as well, and I think that's something we need to be able to talk about as well because a lot of young people love Roblox. In fact, they talk about it a lot sometimes if you pay attention to their conversations. And finally, we have to be able to talk about a bill that was passed in the Senate and ironically, the same bill actually is going to increase the number of IRS workers. We were going to report about it yesterday, but at the time we had other things to be able to talk about on this podcast. With that being said, guys, as I always say at the beginning of each podcast, I'm not a professional advisor in any way, shape, or form. I cannot legally give you financial advice. You need to go talk to your own financial advisor before making any financial decisions, as you're not guaranteed to make money when you invest in the stock market. I also ask, too, that you take this podcast today as more of entertainment purposes only, as that is the purpose of this podcast is to give information and entertainment for those who wish to listen at this time. I cannot I cannot legally give you any financial advice. Should there be any stocks that I mention in this podcast, I'll make sure that if I have any positions that positions in the companies currently that I'll mention what they are, even though I don't think most of them today, I'm not going to have any positions in, in reality. But with that being said, fellow podcast listeners, let's begin today's podcast. Elon Musk sells 7.92 million Tesla shares worth over 6.88 billion. Now, we were when I was looking up some articles to be able to talk about with you, fellow listeners today, this was kind of something that had just popped up as I was preparing towards the end of getting ready to record. And I believe more details will come out in time about this transaction, but it's best to talk about it because... I personally think the market might end up going down tomorrow due to the fact that Elon Musk just sold some of his shares. And Tesla's probably going to get hit tomorrow heavily because of it. So I expect the market to potentially have a down day tomorrow, at least in the United States. I don't know how it's going to be in the world going forward, but it's still interesting to be able to talk about. It says here, Tesla CEO Elon Musk sold 7.92 million shares of Tesla worth around $6.88 billion according to a series of financial filings published Tuesday night. His transaction occurred between August 5th and August 9th. The SEC filing revealed the following Tesla 2022 annual shareholder meeting on August 4th in Austin, Texas. Earlier this year, Tesla and SpaceX CEO said on social media that he had no further TSLA sales planned after April 28th. That week, SEC filings revealed Musk had been selling a block of shares in his electric car maker worth about $8.4 billion. The Sentai billionaire is in the midst of a contentious legal battle with Twitter, the social networking giant has agreed to acquire in April for about $44 billion or $54.20 per share. Amid an overall market decline, Twitter share price and the price of Tesla shares dropped. Musk said that he's terminating the deal and accused Twitter of failing to give him all the information he needed to go ahead with the acquisition. He also accused Twitter of understanding the number of bot uh, correction for understating the number of bots, spam, and fake accounts on this platform. Okay. 
It says here, Tesla shares were trading nearly flat after hours on the news. Shares in Tesla closed at $850, down just 2% on the day on Tuesday before the CEO's insider sales were made public through the SEC filing. Okay. Like I said earlier, I believe tomorrow Tesla's stock is going to be going down because of Elon's transaction. Now, what he's going to plan to do with that money is yet to be seen. Elon Musk has a tendency of when he sells shares of whether it's his company or whenever he makes a transaction in which he sells anything of on his company, he has a tendency of being able to take that money and investing it into another business and then generating more money for that company. Who knows what he's going to be doing with this? Maybe he's using this money to get ready for the lawsuit against Twitter to beat them out. Maybe he's going to use the money to invest more into SpaceX or any of his other companies that he has in the making. It's hard to tell. There's not a whole lot of information currently at this time, but it is, like I said, something that you should be able to know about is that Elon Musk is selling shares in Tesla currently. And tomorrow, I just think the market's going to be going down because of that news. I know, well, I can't know for sure. I don't have a crystal ball to look into the future, but I think Tesla shares are going to be going down tomorrow, at least in the morning. And when, when people wake up, they'll probably see it, at least here in the United States. On to the next article, Coinbase shares drop on billion dollar loss in second quarter and revenue miss, okay? From CNBC, Coinbase shares dropped in extended trading on Tuesday after the crypto exchange reported a loss of over 1 billion in the second quarter and missed analysis estimates for revenue. Here's what the company did. Earnings loss of $4.98 per share versus loss of $2.65 per share as expected by analysis according to Refinitiv. Revenue of 808.3 million versus 832.2 million as expected by analysis according to Refinitiv. Coinbase revenue declined nearly 64% as investors exited the crypto market over last year's dramatic run. Retail transactions revenue came in about 616.2 million, down 66% and below the 667.1 million consensus among analysis pulled by Street Account. Coinbase reported a 1.1 billion net loss compared to a 1.59 billion in net income in the same quarter last year, according to letter to shareholders. One factor was that the 377 million non-cash cryptocurrency-related impairment charge Coinbase owns cryptocurrency assets at the end of June were worth 428 million, down from about 1 billion at the end of March. Over 40% of all the cryptocurrency assets were in Bitcoin. Q2 was the test of durability for the crypto companies and complex quarter overall. The company said in the letter, dramatic market movements shifted the user behavior and trading volume, which impacted transactions revenue, but also highlighted the strength of our risk management program. The company said it had about 9 million monthly transactions users during the period, down from about 9.2 million in the first quarter, but more than 8.7 million street account contests, macroeconomic and cryptocurrency credit results, and lower trading volume during the quarter, the company said. Company Coinbase is being forced to resize its business in response to the market conditions. Cryptocurrency controversies helped to push down the prices in what was in what some call a crypto winter. Coinbase stock tumbled 75% during the second quarter, while the price of Bitcoin plunged about 59%. Coinbase says it was extending its hiring freeze into the foreseeable future and is cutting 18% of its headcount. Assets on platform fell quarter over quarter to 96 billion from 260 256 billion, mostly because of the pressure of cryptocurrency prices, Coinbase said. While we did not see net outflows in Q2, we observed that the majority of this behavior was institutional clients de-risking and selling crypto for flat and opposed to withdrawing their crypto to another platform, Coinbase said in the shareholder letter. As a result, our market shares have share of the total crypto market capitalization declined to 9.9 from 11.2 in Q1. Bitcoin accounted 31% transaction revenue in the quarter, the highest level since the first quarter of 2021, 
while 22% transactions revenue was associated with Ethereum. Now, there's been a lot of rave on Coinbase, okay? I remember when it went public that Wall Street was going crazy over it. But it seems like the buzz might slowly be dying a little bit on Coinbase, okay? And the only reason I say that is, I mean, I'm a firm believer in cryptocurrency. Don't get me wrong. I do have some positions in crypto. It's very, very small positions because I don't have the stomach to handle the volatility at times. But I also do see a world where cryptocurrency could survive, okay? And I think people in the world, there's going to be people in this world, no matter what, that are going to always be invested in some type of cryptocurrency, the thing though that's interesting is they probably make all their money based off people who trade cryptos. And so right now it's just not a good time. Coinbase, I believe, made a lot of money during the COVID pandemic lockdowns because people were bored and just sitting at home and were just trading every day. Now it seems like they're not doing that as much. And because of that, cryptocurrencies are pretty much feeling it a bit. So... It's just interesting to see how Coinbase is now suffering a little bit because of it. It says Coinbase updated its outlook for the full year and now expects 7 million to 9 million monthly transact transacting users down from the range of 5 million to 15 million three months ago. Management said it expect average transaction revenue per user in the low $20 range rather than the pre-2021 levels. And finally, we'll read this. It says to reduce marketing spending, the company is doing less with paid media and incentives while pursuing ways to attract non-paid traffic. It also reduced its forecast for technology development and general administration expenses to 4 billion to 4.25 billion from the 4.25 billion to 5.25 billion range a quarter ago that includes optimizing infrastructure spending i don't know how much longer coinbase is going to be the rage i mean coinbase probably like i said makes most of the money probably from trading transactions but something to still pay attention to because like i said i still believe we'll live in a world one day where crypto and cash will be together and based off the individual determine who values what more. But like I said, I think crypto's here to stay. It's just Coinbase is going to be the one who's going to be feeling the pain for a bit. On to another company that missed off revenue. And this is, well, not really, I just off revenue, just misses on their report. And this is a trend that's been happening all throughout Wall Street. And I really wish people would be talking about this a little bit more, but sadly they're not. And this is why we are talking about this here on this podcast. So it's here, Roblox misses on top and bottom. Shares dip about 12%. Roblox reported on Tuesday that missed analysis estimates on the top and bottom lines. Here's how the company did. Loss per share of 30 cents versus 21 is expected according to a survey of analysis pulled by Refinitiv. Revenue of 639.9 million versus 644.4 million expected according to Refinitiv. Shares fell more than 12% in after hours trading. The revenues figure is what Roblox calls bookings, which includes sales recognized during the quarter and def deferred revenue. Bookings declined by 4% year over year. The company generated revenue from sales of its virtual currency called Ro Robux, Robux, I guess. If it's Roblox, I'm assuming it's Robux, which players use to dress up their avatars and buy other premium features in the games. Roblox reported 52.2 million average daily active users, about a million shy of the street account consensus. That figure is up from 21% a year earlier, but down from 54.1 million daily active users. It reported in the first quarter, Users spent more than 11 billion hours engaged in Roblox during the second quarter. Roblox said average bookings per daily active user was $12.25, down from 21% from a year ago. The company also offered a peak into the third quarter. It said in July, daily active users hit a record of 58.5 of million, up 26% year over year. And bookings for the month fell 243 million and 247 million, up 8% to 10% from July of 2021. 
The company saw bookings swell more than 200% during the pandemic. When kids were spending more time on their screens while stuck at home, the stock was blazing hot in 2021 after Roblox direct listening in March. Its market cap neared $80 billion before the peak in November 2021. Shares are down more than 60% since their highs. Chief Business Officer Craig Don- Donato told CNBC Steve Kovac that Roblox is bullish on the future because of its investment in its employees, server capacity, and global data centers. Quote, We've, we are very much invested investment mode, uh, Donato said. And that's going to put a little bit of drag on earnings, but there are investments that are the right investments for us to make and that will pay off in three to five year time frame. Okay. We've been reporting a lot about the gaming industry. We know Netflix is struggling with getting people to bite in. We know Microsoft, PlayStation, and Nintendo are struggling with getting people to buy games. What's it going to be any different with Roblox? In all seriousness, people are not staying at home anymore and being able to play as many video games anymore. That time has passed. Wall Street needs to realize this and just move on from the video game sector. Will there still be people playing video games? Of course. Do young people sometimes talk about Roblox? Yeah, I hear it. I'm a coach. I coach volleyball and I hear it all the time sometimes, at least with the younger crowd. It just all depends on the kid, obviously. But that's not what they're talking about these days. And so Wall Street's obsession with this is going to eventually just come to bite them in the butt. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens going forward. Now, we're going to read some articles about what's going on in Washington because this could potentially affect the future if you are a taxpayer in the United States. And obviously, this could eventually affect markets in some way, shape, or form. Okay. Now, like I've always talked about in the past, I hate talking about politics on this podcast, but politics and the market are kind of intertwined. And so we got to be able to talk about it here. So it's here, Senate passes sweeping climate, health, and tax package, putting Democrats on cusp of historic win. I love how they put it as a historic win, but if you break it down in bits and pieces, there will be losers in the end. Who loses, though? Well, we'll find out as we read these articles. It says here, Senate Democrats nearly passed a sweeping climate and economic package on Sunday, putting President Joe Biden and his party on the cusp of a big legislative victory just three months before the crucial November midterm elections. After the marathon overnight Senate session, the 51-50 vote was strictly along party lines with all Republicans voting no and all Democrats voting yes. After Vice President Kamala Harris cast the tie-breaking vote, Democrats stood and applauded. The legislation dubbed the Inflation Reduction Act now heads up to the House, which plans to return for a summer recess on Friday, pass the legislation and send it to Biden's desk for his signature. Quote, it's been a long and tough and winding road, but at least we we have arrived. I know it's been a long day and long night, but we've gotten it done today. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer sit on the floor before the final vote. After more than a year of hard work, the Senate is making history. I'm confident that the Inflation Reduction Act will ensure as one of the defining legislative feats of the 21st century. Yeah, I don't think so, Chuck. And the only reason I say that is because what CNBC is reporting next, okay? And what we're reporting as much as we can here on this podcast, okay? Because I don't think you read the entire bill, okay? It says the 755-page bill included $430 billion to combat climate change and extend healthcare coverage. What the heck does inflation have to do with climate change and healthcare? Don't know. Let's keep reading. It says paid for its savings on prescription drugs and taxes on corporation. It put hundreds of billions of dollars toward deficit reduction. Okay, here's what's in this bill a little bit, at least from what they're reporting. 
The bulk of the spending, more than $300 billion, are investments to tackle climate change and boost clean energy, including incentives for farmers and ranchers to reduce methanol emissions, an extension of the electric vehicle tax credit, and the launch of the National Climate Bank that would make investments in clean energy and technology energy efficient. The legislation would empower Medicare to negotiate prices with drug companies for the first time, cutting prescription drug prices for seniors. The savings would pay for a three-year extension on the Affordable Care Act subsidies, which would stave off an expected rise in insurance premiums that were set to go into effect in 2023. The package includes a cap on price of insulin for seniors on Medicare, but Republicans successfully removed about a 35 cap on insulin in the private market. The bill also raises revenue through a 15% minimum tax on large corporations through the accelerated de- uh, depreciation would be exempt. A key of centrist Senator Christine Simia, I guess, I think that's who it is, who extracted several tax changes from leadership before getting on board with the package. Uh, Sinema was also successful and killed a provision to close the carried interest tax loophole that benefit private equity and hedge fund managers. It was replaced by Sinema's support for a 1% excess tax on stock buybacks that would actually pull in more revenue than carried interest provisions would have. It's, it's, it's just insane. They just spend money. They spend money on things that we don't have pretty much money on. I mean, who's going to really benefit on the end, on this end, when it comes to this package? I mean, they're making it sound like this is like the greatest victory for Democrats in the history of the United States. But, I mean, it's it's just insane. Because I believe part of this bill, too, that they were talking about is that... They just hired more IRS workers, about 87,000 new IRS workers, okay? And the claim they're making is, oh, don't worry, it's going to be for the people who make over 400000 a year. Well, Wall Street makes over 400000 a year. I think certain professions in the medical industry make over 400000 a year. I think salespeople make about close to 400,000 a year if they're good as salesmen, right? This is what I don't get, okay? It says, with eight, with 87,000 new agents, here's who the IRS may target for audits, okay? Because this is part of the bill. It says, as the Democrats' spending plan moves close to the House vote, one of the most controversial provisions, nearly $80 billion in IRS funding with $45.6 billion for enforcement, has raised questions about who the agency may target for audits, the IRS Commissioner Charles Rettig said that the resources are absolutely not about increasing the audit scrutiny on small businesses or middle-income Americans in recent in a recent letter to the Senate. However, with the investment projected to bring in 203.7 billion in revenue from 2022 to 2031, according to the Congressional Budget Office, opponents say IRS enforcement may affect everyday Americans. Quote: Our biggest worry is that. That will burden for those audits will land on Walmart shoppers. Re- Representative Kevin Barty, Republican of Texas, said on Tuesday in the CNBC Squawk Box. Overall, the IRS audits plunged by 44% between the fiscal year 2015 and 2019, according to a 2021 Treasurer Inspector General for Tax Administration report. While audits dropped by 75% for Americans making over $1 million or more, the percentages fell by 33% for low to moderate income filers, claiming that the earned income tax credit known as the EITC, the reported found. Ken Corbin, chief tax payer experience officer for the IRS, said returns claiming the EITC have historically have high rates of in- inappropriate payments and therefore require greater enforcement during a Mayhouse overnight subcommittee. Income Americans are wage earners. These audits are generally less complex and may have been automated. 
how the IRS will pick its tax returns to audit. Currently, the IRS uses software to rank each tax return with a numeric score. The higher scores more likely to trigger an audit. The system may flag a return when deductions or credits compared to income fall outside the acceptable ranges. For example, you may say you make $150,000 and claim $50,000 charitable deduction. You're more likely to get an audit because it's a disproportionate to the system's expects, explained Lawrence Levy, president and CEO of tax resolution firm Levy & Associations. Other red flags for the IRS audit may include unreported income, refundable tax credits such as the EITC, home office or auto deductions, and rounded numbers on your return, experts said. How the IRS audits may change with more funding. While the legislation still may be approved by the House and signed into law, it will take time to phase into the funding, hiring, and train new workers. The IRS aims to highly rougher roughly 87,000 new agents according to the Treasury Department. The auditors may have six-month training program and receive case-worthy few hundred thousand dollars rather than tens of millions, Levy said. You're not going to get you're not going to give a new trainee General Motors, for example, he said, it's not going to happen. The chances of the audits may increase for self-employed taxpayers, Levy said, depending on the returns. However, the odds may not change for traditional workers with the error-free filing, he said. The W-2 employee is, is much likely to get audited than the self-employed person by far, in my opinion, Levy said. Of course, one of the best ways to avoid future headaches is by keeping accurate records with detailed bookkeeping and saving all receipts, he said. Yeah, I don't like this bill. I don't, okay? Because at the end of the day, they just brought in 87,000 new IRS workers. I mean, if you're doing shady stuff, which I'm sure most Americans are not doing, you're not going to worry about this too much. Obviously, if you're doing shady stuff as a business, then yeah, you're going to be feeling it from the IRS. That is if the IRS is doing its job. But one thing I don't like about this bill in particular is these corporations are going to eventually figure out how to get around this as well. And then sometime down in the future, there's going to be another bill that's passed that's going to say, don't worry, this is only to tax their corporations. We have to hire new IRS people. I always wonder, and it's, it's, a, it's a meme I've seen on social media sometimes where it says, if we could see the companies that were funding these political representatives in Washington and who was funding their campaigns, they would look like NASCAR drivers. Cause you know how NASCAR drivers, they wear like their sponsors on their vests. I wish Washington would do that sometimes because then we know exactly who is being paid by who. So how much longer until another bill's passed? And all honestly, cause companies, they don't want to pay taxes. They don't. I mean, I think that's why for the longest time, or maybe these companies are not going to go back to Ireland where they don't have to pay as much taxes. They're going to they're going to move their headquarters to Ireland. So in reality, it seems like this bill is just going to affect the American taxpayer in a way. And if you are a small business or a self-employed person, they, they just want you. They just want all your tax money. They do. It's insane. And people are celebrating this in the street as if it's a victory in a way. Wall Street doesn't care. Wall Street's going to do whatever it can not to pay taxes. And it's just the American person who's going to end up paying it in the end. Yeah, that's just my opinion, though. Could be completely wrong. But this is something we need to pay attention to going forward because we're just going to be reporting this stuff as much as possible. And when people decide to listen, they'll come to this channel. And when they do, hopefully things will change for the better then. 
That being said, thank you so much for listening to this podcast today, my fellow podcast listeners. I ask, as always, that you please like and subscribe to this podcast. If you're not like and subscribed, as some of you in my analytics have been showing that you are listening but haven't subscribed to this podcast, it'd be great if you could. I also ask, too, that you share with friends or family as we can continue to grow this podcast. I have a vision one day on this podcast. I would like to be able to interview just like the average American and be able to see their thoughts and opinions of how the market's doing. But we need to be able to keep growing this podcast as much as possible before we start doing that. I also have other visions too, where I'd like to be able to maybe interview people of business as well, be able to see what it takes to get into their industries and stuff, or maybe just interview businesses and how they feel about how the market's going right now. I think it would be an interesting thing to do because obviously we can keep reporting on CNBC stuff, but just being able to talk to the average person, I think it would be, I think it would give us a better idea. And especially like what people are are really thinking about the markets too. I mean, there's so many options we can do on this channel, but we need to keep growing if we want to be able to get down that road. So with that being said, guys, please share with friends and family as they might be able to enjoy this podcast as well and be able to help grow this podcast channel as much as possible. With that being said, fellow podcast listeners, thank you so much for listening to this podcast today. Thank you and goodbye.